This is Tuesday, February 9th, 2010. You're listening to the New York Times Audio Digest, presented by Audible. Here's what's making news this morning. For the Kremlin, the Ukraine vote cuts two ways. In Arizona, John McCain faces a primary challenge from the right, and the Haiti U.S. airlift has a new hurdle, the kidnapping case. In today's financial headlines, hospitals fear rising unpaid care, in the Toyota mess, an economic lesson learned for Japan, and a China fund discloses shares in American corporations. There are more business stories to come, more national and world news, too. A roundup from the sports page, and the opinions of New York Times columnist David Brooks. Now from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. It's a news analysis by Clifford Levy, titled, For Kremlin, Ukraine Vote Cuts Two Ways. The apparent victory of Russia's preferred candidate in the Ukrainian presidential race may be a relief to Vladimir Putin, who has long sought to discredit his neighbor's raucous democracy and its drift to the West. But it comes with a catch. The election won by the candidate Viktor Yanukovych was highly competitive, unpredictable, and relatively fair, just the kind of major contest that has not been held in Russia since Putin, the prime minister, consolidated power. On Monday, for example, European election monitors praised the election that was held on Sunday, calling it an impressive display of democracy. The monitors typically find most elections in the former Soviet Union to be essentially rigged. They no longer even observe ones in Russia. Ukraine's election, in other words, did not follow the Kremlin blueprint and, if anything, seemed to highlight the flaws in the system in Russia. As such, it presented a kind of alternative model for the former Soviet Union. The official tally released on Monday showed that the opposition leader, Yanukovych, defeated Prime Minister Yulia Tymoshenko by three percentage points, giving him a comeback from his loss in the 2004 Orange Revolution. Tymoshenko helped spearhead the Orange Revolution, which first brought Western-style democracy to Ukraine. While her defeat might indicate a rejection of the revolution, the fact that the country carried out a contentious presidential election that was widely considered fair suggests that the Orange legacy has endured. Ukrainians did not gain much of what they were promised in the social or economic spheres in 2004, but at the same time they are enjoying democracy, said Oleksiy Heran, professor of comparative politics at Kiev Moyla University. They can criticize, they can watch television political talk shows with enthusiasm, they have real choices. They would like order and stability, and they want strong leaders, he said, but that does not mean that they're going to sacrifice their democratic freedoms for that. This is the difference with Russia. Other analysts agreed, saying that while the public ousted the Orange government, it did not want to do away with all aspects of the Orange democracy. They said a backlash would occur if Yanukovych tried to crack down. The Ukrainian model may have particular resonance now with recent rumblings of discontent in Russia. Late last month, anti-government demonstrations in Kaliningrad, a region in western Russia physically separate from the rest of the country, drew thousands of people and seemed to catch the Kremlin off guard. Some prosecutors chanted for Putin's resignation, complaining about higher taxes and an economy weakened by the financial crisis. And last week, a prominent politician from what had been perceived as a puppet opposition party unexpectedly turned on the Kremlin and lashed out at Putin's domestic policies. Is opposition and criticism dishonest? said the politician Sergei Mironov. In a civilized society, he said, this is the duty and goal of the opposition. 